Hey guys, thanks for tuning into the audio file. So we've got something a little bit different for you today. We're trying out a new format called Secrets of the Score today, where we explore the mysteries behind video game music. As the resident music theorist, Malik is going to be taking the reins on today's episode. If you want to see all the graphs and charts that go along with this one, there's an enhanced version on our YouTube channel if you want to check it out. All right, enjoy. What's up, everybody? Malik here from The Audio Files, and welcome to our newest program, Secrets of the Score, where we ask questions about the music behind our favorite video games and get the answers we all desperately need. Today, we're taking a gander at music in platformers. What makes music appropriate for a platforming game? Are there keys or tempi that are better suited for this kind of gameplay than others? Are there certain musical characteristics that the best platformers share? These are the answers we're going to dig for today. So buckle up, because it does not seem like I have anything better to do. To begin our investigation, I've picked five games, and they meet the following criteria. They are widely known and enjoyed, they are well known for their music, and they together cover a wide period of game development. And here's my results. Mario Wonder, Celeste, Sonic Adventure 2, Mario Sunshine, and Donkey Kong Country 2. Let me know if I picked your favorite in the comments. Because this is our first look into these matters, I decided to start with a broad approach. I determined the tempo, tonality, meter, and key from each track in each game, and together we are going to look for patterns. Tempo is how fast each track is, tonality refers to whether the track is in major or minor, meter is the time signature for each track, and the key is the note around which the track is centered. This is going to give us a deep but also fundamental look into what's inside these soundtracks. Here's my disclaimers before we jump in. One. Many of these games have melodies that come up over and over and over again, but the tracks in my graphs and averages are counted based on how many times the composer composed the track, not how often you hear the track in the game. For example, Bianca Hills plays in almost one-ninth of the locations in Mario Sunshine, but I'm only going to be counting it as one track. However, if a melody is meaningfully reorchestrated enough, then I did consider counting it two times. Two. While determining the keys to each track, I decided to not consider the relationship between relative major and minor keys. If one track was in A minor and another track was in C major, I did not count them as being in the same key. Tone center was my first priority. 3. If there is a key change in a track, I counted both keys. If a track has so many key changes that it's uncentered, I counted no keys. And if a track has a mixed meter, then it was that one song from Sonic Adventure 2 that's in 7, and I just didn't count it. And without any further ado, let's jump in. We're starting with Tempi. How fast are the tracks in each game? What's the average tempo for each game? From fastest to slowest, they are Mario Sunshine with 146.6 beats per minute on average, Sonic Adventure 2 with 144.2 beats per minute, Donkey Kong Country 2 at 142.4, Mario Wonder at 127.9, and Celeste at 73.6 beats per minute on average. The keen eye will observe that Sonic Adventure 2 did not win fastest average tempo. Although a lot of the tracks in that game are wicked fast, I noticed the average tempo was lowered by the occasional slow hip-hop beats and other stylistic changes. It's just a roundabout way of saying that Sonic had a wider range of tempi than all the other games did. 
Some of the tracks in Sonic were so fast that even the occasional tempo of 55 only brought it down to second place. I also immediately noticed the closeness in Tempe between Mario Sunshine, Donkey Kong Country 2, and Sonic Adventure 2. These three games came out within a few years of each other, and they have a clear correlation in speed compared to the more modern games on the list. In future Secrets of the Score episodes, I seriously look forward to exploring if this trend holds up to other platformers from the period. But of course, the most insulting outlier is clearly Celeste. One track in Celeste was so slow, I could barely count it on my metronome. The fastest track in that game has a BPM of 135, which is not even the median BPM of any of the other games on the list. Now, prepare for my personal opinion. If I were to rate these games not by average tempo, but by which game has the catchiest tunes, my list would be in the same order as the tempo list. That is not at all to say that I think a catchier melody is necessarily a better one, but it's definitely another thing we're gonna have to explore in the future. Now we're looking at tonality, is the song in major or minor? Which brings me to my next disclaimer. There are modes in these games that are not major or minor. For example, Celeste plays with Mixolydian pretty often, and when it does, I just counted it as major, sue me. Also, Phrygian mode comes up a lot in Sonic Adventure 2, and I just called it minor, so sue me again. There's other modal discrepancies scattered around, I just kind of crammed them into whatever category I felt like, sue me three times if it makes you happy. So here we go. And again, the three stooges from the tempo category are stuck together like glue. You'll notice that Mario Sunshine, Sonic Adventure 2, and Donkey Kong Country 2 are all within 6% of each other when you're looking at the ratios between how many of their songs are in major versus how many are in minor. Mario Sunshine leans major when the other two lean minor, but the ratios are still similar, you know what I mean? Mario Wonder closes the gap a little, and is certainly the closest to an even distribution, but again, Celeste is our outlier. Celeste is 76% in minor, and it is worth noting that a lot of the non-minor parts, like I said before, are not even true Ionian major. Putting this together with what we learned from its average tempo, it's clear that Celeste is aiming for a darker tone than the rest of the games with its slower tempi and darker modes. The other thing we see is that both Mario games are the only ones in the bunch that lean major. This is not what I was expecting going in. Most of the melodies I remember from playing these five games were in major, so finding that there were more minor keys in them overall brought me to a new realm of enlightenment, and I am now one with the universe. Now we're looking at meter, and we gotta start with how the overwhelming majority of the tracks in all of these games are in a duple meter, meaning they're in either 2-4 or 4-4 time. I might have expected at least a few more tracks to be in a triple meter, but I suppose it's not 1750 anymore. Celeste has the most, with 9.5% of its songs in a triple meter. Mario Sunshine comes in a close second at 8.5%. Mario Wonder has 4.5%. Donkey Kong Country two has three percent and sonic adventure 2 only has one song that isn't in a duple meter but it's in seven but while i was wasting time on this little kick i realized that swung meter is slightly less pitifully represented donkey kong country 2 swings nine percent of its songs mario sunshine and sonic adventure 2 both swing 8.5 percent mario wonder is just outside the group again with 4.5 percent and celeste again sitting outside entirely without a single swung track. Is Swing too happy for this game? Again, the old games are all buddies, and new Mario is messing with the formula just a little, but Celeste has got her own rules. 
now we're past the point of no return. We're talking about keys. For what it's worth, only one game uses all 12 notes as a key center at least once. Take a moment to guess, and it's Sonic Adventure 2. It also has a strangely even distribution of keys. Only F-sharp doesn't get reused. However, if you bring your attention to Donkey Kong Country 2 here, you'll see a commendable 11 keys, but four of those are only used once. Now this wheel follows the circle of fifths nearly perfectly. It's no wonder there's something naturally listenable about this soundtrack. With D as our primary minor key, and F as our primary major key, you can see how the further away a key is from D or F in the circle of fifths, the less often it gets used. Let's break this down. All people mean when they talk about the circle of fifths is the idea that if you organize all 12 notes in a circle shape like this, you come up with an easy way to visualize how closely related certain notes are to each other in what's called the overtone series. This can get a little complicated, and I look forward to doing a video on the circle of fifths in the future, but for now, it will suffice to say that it has to do with how easily your ear accepts a new key. If you're hearing a lot of music in the key of F, your ear will more easily adapt to the key of C, which is right next door in the circle of fifths, than to the key of F sharp, which is quite a bit further away in the circle. Donkey Kong Country 2 follows these guidelines really well, where keys that are closely related on the circle to our primary keys D and F show up more often, and the more distant ones are still used to keep the sound fresh, but are only used sparingly. This helps with listenability and memorability. And what do you know? An even more perfect representation of the circle of fifths? Mario Wonder. Look at how the pie slices get thinner the further we get from our home keys. Mario Wonder and Donkey Kong Country 2, you are hereby awarded the thanks for not making this experiment a waste of my time award. But if you were hoping for a life of meeting after this discovery, you were wrong. Enter Mario Sunshine. Here, I don't know what the hell is going on. If it weren't for the one track each in A-flat, C-sharp, and E, I would have guessed it was a technological limitation or something. If you know what's happening here, leave a comment and give me some closure. But first, here comes our good friend Celeste. Four keys. All pretty close in the Overtone series. I suppose there's no need to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> but dang, only four keys? It's like ACDC or something. But seriously, folks, there is a value to consistency, especially if your goal is to inspire focus over immersion. But that's just my opinion. So do all games made around the turn of the millennium share the same similar qualities as Donkey Kong Country 2, Sonic Adventure 2, and Mario Sunshine? Is the Circle of Fifths this important to other platformers? Do all indie platformers lean so heavily major or so heavily minor? We found a bunch of answers, and now I have a million more questions. And these games are only the tip of the iceberg. Correlations are starting to show themselves, but we still need to know so much more. There are so many platformers out there. There are so many games out there. And we are a little closer to discovering the truth, to knowing all. In Secrets of the Score, we're going to be looking into all sorts of games and questions to explore the mysteries behind music and video games. I'm Malik from The Audio Files, and until next time, play with sound. 